0: out of your <laughs> when all the time there is a plank in your own eye you hypocrite first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to pigs if you do they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it.
1: Well, the youth are going to go out with Karen now to have a chat about uh, that passage. There's a lot in there. I'd be fascinated to hear what uh, the youth pick up on. We had a, a great chat last week. Uh, But here we are going to um, uh, cover a few things. We we are now coming towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. um, And here Jesus talks about two paths and two gates. There's the path of folly and destruction. And there is uh, the path of wisdom and... And life and uh, from the outset I want to say thank you to uh, the, the group on Thursday night. We had a really good chat about this passage and some of those uh, thoughts and reflections have uh, been incorporated here. Uh, so thank you uh, to them. But here Jesus gives us uh, three warnings in this passage and uh, about foolish behavior to uh, avoid one two, three. And uh, these are dangerous obstacles to steer clear of in life. And then he goes on and he uh, gives us an extraordinary promise and encouragement for living out the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, In there you might have heard uh, the golden rule as well. It's sometimes called the golden rule. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Uh, Interestingly, in the Sermon on the Mount, this actually functions as a bookend, it's a a marker to say that uh, the the body content, the the detail part of the Sermon on the Mount is over, it kind of uh, reflects back to the start and uh, we are now heading into the conclusion and then uh, we had the instruction to choose the narrow gate and narrow path, uh, which is the start of the conclusion, the beginning of the end if you like. So uh, these are the the final overarching remarks that Jesus makes in the Sermon on the Mount. So there's a lot in there, Uh, there's a lot to pick up on, there's probably quite a few sermons worth, uh, many riches to mine uh, from that passage, Uh, but uh, it's helpful to just have a little bit of an overview of uh, where we are. And if you've been listening over the last few weeks, you'll know that there there is a lot in the Sermon on the Mount. You kind of need to pace yourself a little bit through it. So hopefully uh, you are giving yourself an opportunity to to go back and and reread and reflect for yourself uh, piece by piece on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, And uh, there are lots of things in there. Jesus teaches us how to pray, how to give, to fast. He's talked about uh, cash, clothes, and cuisine. Uh, He's talked about a whole range of aspects of life. But there's uh, one warning over and over again. There's an overarching warning uh, that he makes in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Can someone tell me what is the big warning that he gives? It starts with h Don't be a hypocrite. Thank you. I was about to say it starts with H and rhymes with hypocrite. Um, But Simon got there before me. Thank you. Um, Don't be a hypocrite. And uh, the way Jesus describes a hypocrite is someone who only cares about the outward appearance. They they show off on the outside to get approval from those who watch. Uh, They might say, I perform, therefore I am. Their identity, their existence hinges on how other people view them. Or maybe today we might say, I post on social media, therefore I am. A hypocrite is someone who lives solely for social credit and they want to push those below them down even further and they want to drag down those who are above them on the social ladder. And you'll notice that So often hypocrisy is married with judgmentalism, being judgmental. Uh, The person who loves showing off their piety and pride is often the person who is most critical of others and their shortcomings. I look better if I make others look bad. And to these people, life is nothing more than a social game to play, you know, there's no true life with God, there's no inner life with God, Uh, This God who sees through all of the masks that we try and put on and the silly games that we play. So hypocrisy and judgmentalism go together like rotten fruit and flies. And today we have the three follies of hypocrisy and judgmentalism. So uh, the first one, the judgmental measuring stick is a boomerang. Jesus says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Judgment is a boomerang that goes out and comes around back at you. So you want to be very careful about the judgments that you make in life. If you go around calling everyone a liar, then you'd better be very careful to always tell the truth yourself. Because as soon as you slip up, you're going to have a whole lot of people who will be pointing the finger back at you. Uh, today, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of the, the boomerang judgment because uh, yesterday, and mostly I can smile about this, uh, yesterday uh, I cast some judgment on two eight-year-old boys who um, uh, challenged me to a game of soccer, and I thought, oh, pff, two eight-year-old boys... And I jokingly, you know, I was saying with them, well, you might need some help against me. Are you sure two of you is enough to to beat me? So, the, you know, the usual banter that you might have just to stir up a bit of competitive spirit. And anyway, they said, oh, no, well, we're playing on the full-size pitch. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> uh, do you realize how much grass that is? That's a lot of territory to cover. And... Um, Anyway, they legitimately beat me 7-6. I was not going easy on them. They beat me. And so I'm, I'm feeling the loss. I'm feeling the, uh, the pain of running that much and, um, and being beaten. Um, but, you know, you've got to be careful about the judgments that we make. Um, on a, perhaps on a more serious note, we, we are, we're all very prone uh, to making criticisms and judgments of others. Uh, It's necessary in life to make judgment. This is the hard thing. It's necessary. We have to make judgment calls along the way about right and wrong, good behavior, what's appropriate, how does this work. We have to do this. Um, And and as one one writer puts it, "Jesus, Jesus is not saying that we should be amorphous, undiscerning blobs who never hold any opinions about right and wrong. We're meant to have opinions. But what Jesus is saying is that whenever we judge, whenever we criticize someone else, that standard applies to us as well. So we wanna be very careful and humble about any judgments we make. Uh, Verses three to five, uh, moving on from there, that uh, this boomerang can get stuck in your eye. It's really interesting that Jesus points out how unhelpful you are if you don't deal with your things first. If you just go around criticising and pointing out other people's problems, you actually struggle to be effective in doing that. You might think you're being helpful. I'm, I'm helping out a brother by pointing out this thing where they could improve. But you're actually not helpful because you can't see clearly if you haven't dealt with yourself first we are blinded by our own problems and jesus says then that the reverse is true people who do face their own problems and deal with them are really helpful for others a great example of this is um groups like uh alcoholics anonymous gamblers anonymous People who have gone through the hard yards of dealing with their own addictions are then extremely helpful for other people going through those same situations. They're an amazing mutual support to one another. The people who are careful about removing planks from their own eyes, people who do the work of recognizing where they fall short, having a godly sorrow about their failings, and being deliberate in leaving them behind, and being thankful for God's mercy, uh, people who have that attitude are extremely helpful. They have unique vision for assisting others who have struggled. Uh, The next and uh, third warning there is to steer clear of people who behave like dogs and pigs. Jesus warns us about casting our pearls before uh, the dogs and the pigs. Now, uh, when he talks about dogs, this is not uh, your cute Labrador who lazers around all day indoors and is pampered, and uh, these are not uh, pigs like Babe, these The the dogs these dogs um, are like semi wild roaming around fending for themselves they're a little like they're they're vicious they're not so cute and cuddly Uh, they will turn and be nasty they're they're a different kind of breed of dog than what we're used to if you've ever travelled in some parts of the world you might have encountered some of these dogs Uh, in some parts of uh, rural Australia if you go out into bush you will encounter wild dogs. It's probably a little bit more like these dogs he is referring to. And the pigs then are probably more like um, uh, wild boar um, that are actually quite dangerous. Now Jesus doesn't say explicitly there who these people are. Who is he referring to? Who is he calling dogs and pigs in this scenario? Well, from the context we take them to be these judgmental hypocrites, Uh, these people who uh, only care about judging others. And he probably has the Pharisees in mind here, Uh, some of these religious leaders who are just fakers. So, so far Jesus said, don't be a hypocrite yourself, and now he says, stay away from hypocrites. Stay away from them. They're dangerous. Uh, It's kind of the same advice that uh, we might have now for being online and people who say nasty things online. Uh, The the advice is just, you know, don't engage with them. There is no winning when you engage with someone online who is just wanting to be nasty. All you can do is block them out. The same way, like, road rage. If someone is road raging... Don't kind of offer them a lollipop. Just just stay away uh, from someone like that. But it is super important on matters of faith, on matters of faith and meaning, heaven and morality, stay away from hypocrites. Stay away from the the Pharisees because they will turn on you an instant. People who love to judge... As soon as you slip up, they will turn on you, get very nasty very quickly. In a way, it's a beautiful picture that uh, Jesus says that for those of us who are seeking the kingdom of heaven, it's like having a whole lot of pearls. We have treasure, we're storing up treasures in heaven and we have these gifts to share with others. Our hearts are set on the most abundant wealth in the universe. The overwhelming love of God is priceless. We're meant to share that gift with others so that they can receive it too. But if you come across a hypocritical, judgy type of person, uh, someone who has a hard and prideful heart and does nothing but blame everyone else, Be very careful. Now, of course, God can change hearts. And some of the most prideful and hurtful people, the Apostle Paul, was brought into faith. But we must be sensitive and careful about the people that we are interacting with. So there's three warnings there against hypocrisy. Is a dangerous game to play, and yet it's more common and uh, more popular than we'd care to imagine. Hypocrisy is the wide gate and the wide road that many go down. So instead of playing that silly social game, put all that aside for now and start playing uh, this game with God, our Heavenly Father. This is the game to play. Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Don't play with dogs and pigs who will tear you to pieces. Make your primary audience, your primary partner, your primary relationship to be the God who gives, who shows, and who opens. This is an incredible promise about the kind of God we worship. It does also raise a bit of a question does this promise mean, you know, pray for anything? Pray for anything you like and God will give it to you. Is Jesus saying that our Father in heaven is like a genie in a bottle, uh, but not just with three wishes, but you know, he didn't put a cap on it? Well, no. And uh, this is why it's so important to be reading the whole Sermon on the Mount as as a full context. Because the asking and the seeking and the knocking is all related to the Sermon on the Mount, this life lived, as Jesus has talked about, being the salt and the light. He said that we should be seeking hearts that are free of anger and lust and lies. We're, we're called to live uh, sacrificially with abundant love, even for our enemies. We are meant to have genuine faith that doesn't show off or hoard treasure or waste time on worry. So what Jesus is saying here is, if you ask your Heavenly Father for that kind of life, He will give it to you. If you seek this life, God will help you find it. And if you knock on this door, He will open. It's such a beautiful picture. This picture of Jesus describing in detail what the Christian life looks like and he lands it by saying, if you want it, God says it's yours. It's not the popular path. It's not a wide gate that's easy to walk through with the masses. It's not a wide path with endless options to do whatever your heart desires and you know, you'll know you get a pat on the back no matter what you do just for participating. It is a narrow gate and a narrow road. Uh, none of my friends from high school really understand the path in life that I've chosen. They just, don't, they just don't get it. It doesn't make sense to them at all. Uh, a couple of years ago, I caught up with uh, one of my high school friends, and, and they said, it's not exactly a popular choice these days, is it? <laughs> it's not. And I imagine you've felt that too. It's not a popular choice these days to be a Christian, to be serious about your faith, to choose a Sermon on the Mount kind of lifestyle. But, you know, even when when Christianity has been popular, when when Christianity has been, you know, the social thing to do, there used to be a time where uh, if you wanted to be an upstanding citizen in society, then you would be a churchgoer. Even when Christianity is popular... The Sermon on the Mount is still a narrow road, a narrow gate. But the invitation is there. And it's not exclusive. It might be narrow, but it's not exclusive. And God says he will help you. All you have to do is make the free choice to walk down that path. The offer is there. The help is provided. Will you take up that invitation? Well, I might uh, give you a moment of uh, quiet now to pray silently. Um, Ask the Holy Spirit, ask God for help. Take up that invitation. The offer is there for you. So spend a few moments uh, quietly in your hearts with the Lord.